If you think you're not afraid of the dark, if you think you have a strong stomach, if you feel nothing can shock you, if you believe you've seen everything, if you say you don't scare easily, what are they? Mike Rips, transmitting from the loft in Brooklyn, as we always do. Not about this time. It hasn't been about this time in three weeks now. It's it's interesting. I've done it. At least it's been consistent. I've done it for every week, besides the traveling for a while now. But hey, we're back. Mike Rips, the Rancherless. How y'all feel out there? How you doing this evening, this weekend? As I record this, it's Friday. The one I did the week before was on Wednesday, so it's like uh, we're not hitting that Thursday as much as we were. Last night I was doing a bunch of stuff. Hopefully some of y'all seen it. But let me start off by saying, as always, please subscribe on iTunes. If somehow you're hearing this, subscribe on iTunes. That's going to help me out the most over here. And wouldn't you want to help someone in need? (laughs) But um, we're back Please subscribe on iTunes. Please rate and review. More importantly, show it to somebody you think might be interested in this banter. There's not banter. It's banter back and forth with the, uh, you know, the multiple personality voices in my head. That's really what this is. It's like an AA meeting of multiple personalities. You ever seen the show Herman's Head from the early 90s? This podcast is almost like a reality show audio version of Herman's Head. But how you guys been? How you doing? How you been? The uh, reason last night I wasn't able to record this, I was doing a bunch of stuff. I'm behind on a bunch of work. That sounds like the most pretentious thing besides the other day when I was like, oh my God, I think I was feeling a headache and I was like, I think it's because of how much gel I put in my hair. I'm going to let that one breathe. (laughs) That's horrible. But last night uh, I was doing a bunch of stuff, so I didn't get to this. And I uh, made this like YouTube, I don't want to say video, it's like a, you know one of those things on YouTube where it's just pictures? And a song playing for one of the records on the upcoming album, Mint Condition Special Edition, my solo album, that drops on April 20th, 420 for all the smokers out there, you know. But the video is basically just pictures of everybody I get at. It's, you know, sports media slaughter. Also, the Spazuzu video is out. And I explained both of those records. Both of them are on YouTube. I'm going to include these in the show notes this week, so you'll definitely be able to see it. But uh, also that bonus episode, I did do that thing I was talking about last week where I went up to WXCI 91.7 FM at uh, Western Connecticut State University, Danbury, Connecticut. And I did the radio show with Enigma. That thing is like 15 years and going, I think, now. No, I think it's like 18 Because he started in, like, 
2000. It's something crazy like that. But anyway, I did the show and I recorded it and I have it. I just got to chop it up a little more. Hopefully I'll get it up up on this, you know, iTunes thing where you get these podcasts within the next uh, day or so, sometime Saturday or Sunday, hopefully. So, as I said, both the videos are out for Spazuzu and Sports Media Slaughter. That's going down. Sludge City had some technical difficulties, but that's going down. That's dropping very soon within the next week or two. I'll keep you all posted on that. That's going to have videos and everything as we keep going. But today I went through some interesting turmoil. It was odd. I don't know where I'm working. I'm just doing my thing. I'm driving. I'm doing... You guys know I'm a driver, as I have explained in detail on the show. I got I to gotta take this shot right here, a bullet, just to get off the nerves that I had off what I'm about to tell you. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, I'm driving, and I'm on the phone with my friend, but I hang up with him, and then I just randomly... Oh, no, my boss calls my personal line, not my work phone. And I'm like, wow, that's kind of weird. I'm like, what's wrong with my work phone? So I look at my work phone and notice that he's called three times and texted, call me ASAP. And he gets on the phone and he's like, oh, Mike, uh, what's going on? I need you back here ASAP. And I'm like, he's like, your license is suspended. And I'm like, what? What the fuck? After, mind you, last night I actually paid fucking $300 worth of bill, worth of uh, unpaid tickets to the state of New York last night with the bonus and all that. I mean, the bonus thing, the, uh, you know, the fee because you're paying it online. So I'm like, holy shit, this is terrible. So I do whatever I got to do, finish the day, and then I go back to the shop. And then I'm freaking out the whole time. I'm like bugging. I'm talking shit. I'm wilding. I'm like, oh my God, what the fuck? I'm like bugging because I, I thought I noticed all the tickets that I had last night because I paid all these things. But who knows? I don't know. It was, I was freaking out. So <clears throat> I get back to the shop. I go in and he tells me like, oh, it's for your Connecticut license. So right there, I breathed with relief a little bit. And I started thinking logically because at first, I got to get over this. This is one thing I do. I panic immediately when I hear something like this. And that's what happened. I started bugging. So anyway, he said my Connecticut license. I'm like, I haven't had a Connecticut license in three fucking years. When I got my New York one at the DMV, I handed it back. So right there, I start freaking out. You know, I start... Wanting to go roll up to the DMV with 20 Irish dudes and throw a chair through the window there like McGregor did last night at Barclay. Did y'all see that? <clears throat> you see that? He got arrested for that shit. It's crazy. That I mean, everyone's like it's a work. Everyone's like it's a, it's, you know, a jerk job. It's staged, which it very well could be. Whether it is or it isn't. Who knows? It's all everybody's been talking about around here since it happened. So, and internationally and nationally too. So, it's so funny. It's at the uh, Barclay Center, which, by the way, I noticed we were going to go to uh, Joe Rogan doing stand up tonight, and I wanted to keep talking about that on here, but we didn't. We didn't end up doing it. He's at the King's Theater in Brooklyn, which makes sense because I believe this UFC tomorrow night is at Barclay Center, which is why McGregor rolled up and <clears throat> threw a chair to the. Um, the UFC bus, he's out of his fucking mind. So he got arrested for assault and uh, three counts of misdemeanor assault, apparently, and felony criminal mischief. But I don't know. Is he going to go to jail? No. I think is it a publicity stunt? Yes. We all know that. But regardless, I straightened out the stuff with my license. That's what I really want to get back to. McGregor, who knows? He's on a whole nother plane. He's going to be bugging. There was one story I heard about him that, I don't know, I heard Skip say this on Undisputed today. This I really don't believe this is real. This happened sometime after the Mayweather fight, apparently. 
they're saying McGregor and his boys or McGregor he was at a pub somewhere around Dublin and there was like an Irish gangster like an Irish mafia guy and I guess McGregor had beef with his son or something like along those lines and supposedly McGregor punched this Irish mob guy in the face and now there's a bounty on his head out there that that's getting into like superhuman X-Men shit like you know what is he fucking uh, Banshee you know what I mean like well I guess Banshee was Scottish to be honest with you, McGregor will beat the shit out of me for making that comparison, probably. But, you know, what are you going to do? I don't think that, uh, <laughs> you know, like, if it's true, that's totally insane and the best thing I've ever heard. But regardless, I found out my New York license is suspended, but I have some weird tickets on it that I don't even know. Now I have to do the driver's retraining thing that you do online. It's like I'm going to have to spend five and a half hours this weekend. Not only do I have to keep paying massive taxes living in this bitch, which I chose to live here, so I signed up for it. It is what it is. But besides that, like they keep giving you tickets, then you then not only are they making you pay money, now they take your time, which that's painful. But what are you gonna do? How was everybody's holiday weekend? Uh, what do they call it? Holy weekend. It was also Trans Observance Day. It was a holiday weekend all around. Apparently, you know, uh, Easter Sunday, which we didn't do much on Easter. <clears throat> we did uh, just chill at the house. Did what we normally do on Sundays. And uh, <clears throat> I had a good Easter weekend on uh, Thursday. I did the radio show with Enigma, like I said. And then uh, that night ended in shambles, but I won't even get to that because that'll just take up too much time and it's a waste of reality. But one funny thing that happened was on Saturday, see, Brenda and me did, like, by my lovely wife, Brenda, we did, like, dumb errands together. We went, we dropped off our taxes. We don't know if we're filing jointly or separately. Who the fuck knows? We also totally cleaned out my car. We did a bunch of shit. But at one point, we like threw out a bunch of stuff. I organized a bunch of stuff. But at one point, we stopped at Starbucks. And unfortunately, at this one Starbucks, there was two different setups of Girl Scouts standing outside hustling cookies. And I was like, oh, boy. Like I, I think I explained maybe a week or two ago how obsessed I am with Girl Scout cookies. They're just so delicious. Even those little crusty ones, those little like gingerbread things. I love those. I don't even care. I'll eat any of them. Even the lemon, whatever, whatever you, I'll, there's, I don't know what they do. I, I don't, it's, it's more addictive than crack cocaine, in my opinion. If they could give you, if I was addicted to crack or dope, and they offered Girl Scout cookies over that shit, I'm taking the fucking Girl Scout cookies, I'm sorry. I'm more addicted to that shit. So anyway, walk into the Starbucks, I see them, and they don't, they're not really aggressive because they had some customers, the two different setups. It was like two different, uh, you know, barracks under the, you know, in World War II under there, and I'm just walking, Brendan, me, walking into Starbucks, and she's looking, she's laughing at me already because she knows I'm fiending for it. So we go in and get the Starbucks. We get our drink, whatever, the Grande Ice Red Eye, and then walk out. We're walking past the two setups. The one setup, they weren't aggressive. They were whatever. They were like, eh, whatever. They, they weren't even trying to get any customers. They didn't have anybody either. We were walking. I just didn't even make eye contact. I kept moving. Then we came to the other ones who were super aggressive right next to the car parked. And they were like, hey, you know, you know what goes good with Starbucks? Girl Scout cookies. And I was like, I know, I know, thank you, I know. And I just didn't even make eye contact. I kept my head down and just got into the car slowly and crept in. It was like opening a turtle shell and sliding the head back in. That's how discreet I was attempting to be. I was like, Jesus Christ, you know. Uh, like, it was literally like, uh, you know, a heroin addict, a junkie. 
with the monkey on the back running right next to a poppy field like basketball diaries or maybe just running past a trap house that they always used to cop from. That's what it was like for me. And, you know, it didn't end there. <clears throat> Sorry, guys. It didn't end there. What happened was... I avoided that. I avoided getting like a whole box. I, and I don't mean a box of gross out cookies. I mean a box where it has every flavor in one box, a carton, whatever the fuck. I avoided getting that, but I got in the car. We went back. We had like a little family party at my parents' house. Uh, you know, I think they're about to move down south to Texas, so their house is about to be done. But we were having a little family party over there chilling, and then. Uh, we ate dinner, which was great, and then they brought out the desserts, and I just lost my goddamn mind. It was like I relapsed completely. I've been avoiding the sweets and all that shit, but oh boy, I relapsed. It was they planted the seed. Those goddamn Girl Scouts. Fucking, I ate literally. You know those Italian cookies, those rainbow cookies. Like my parents had a bunch of ill ones that were like thinly sliced, because I hate it when it's those thick ass shits where it's like too chunky and little. You know, but they had these thin ones, and oh my god, I, I ate ten of these motherfuckers. The, these fucking Girl Scouts planted the seed, which is funny because when I was explaining this to my mom about what happened that day, she told me a story that she read about in like Denver and Seattle where weed's recreationally illegal. The Girl Scout troops post up outside of the goddamn dispensaries, and they're just like, "Hey, hey, how you doing?" I guess Callie now too. They're like, "Hey, how you doing, Girl Scouts?" After these cats just smoked and cops from the goddamn dispensary, it's like, what goes better with uh, potent marijuana than Girl Scout cookies? God damn it! We've come a long way from reefer madness, honestly. You know. And I honestly, you know, Reefer Madness is that propaganda film from, what was it, the 30s? 1936. You know, that was that shit. It was propaganda they played in theaters. Ever thought weed was evil. It made you kill people. And it was makes you hallucinate and all that kind of stuff. It's great now when you watch it high. That's the funny thing. That's what people love to do. And it's not one of those midnight movies. It's in the It's in the mix. But now it's legal everywhere. We got many, uh, I think it's nine states where it's illegal. D.C. is not a state, but it's legal there, I think. And then, you know, Mass, it's about to be legal. Shout out to my cousin Johnny. I'll be up there. You know what I'm saying? It's weird. It should be legal at this point. It's so accepted in culture. And liquor is obviously, from what I can tell, alcohol is worse. And alcohol is more addictive. And alcohol is more, if you abuse it the wrong way, is more like uh, crack or heroin or meth. Any of those kind of things. But you know our Attorney General, Jeff Sessions, he puts it all together. He's like, good people don't smoke marijuana. You know, so. But now he's, whatever, who they're, Scott Pruitt, uh, they're getting rid of him because he's got scandals. Uh, peace to Jesse, Enigma's wife. She was putting me on to some Pruitt shit. I mean, from what I can tell, I have to research more. I don't want to speak out of turn because I don't know enough. But what it looks like what he's doing ain't great. The caravan, and then Trump puts the soldiers there. It's just, I never thought I'd see shit like this in my life, but I guess we're living it, so. Party on. Keep on rocking in the free world. You know who's going to keep on rocking in the free world at the moment is the motherfucking New York Mets, who they beat the Nationals yesterday. Uh, Was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday, where um, they beat them in the afternoon, early afternoon. It was the Nationals opener in D.C., and we beat them 8-2. We, I used to hate when people say that, but whatever. Yeah, the Mets beat them 8-2. Bruce had hits, Conforto, 
you know, also the day before, what's his name? Uh, Thor, Syndergaard, only pitched, I think, three innings or maybe five, three or five. And then Gazelman came in as relief. Gazelman as relief and Lugo were bodying at five and one with this guy, uh, Mickey Calloway, who's also catching a body right now. So everyone's a giddy. The Mets fan, but every Mets fans, they're like, you know, abrasive. They're just like, well, you know, they should be. They're... You know, let's let's see what happens. If they stay healthy, they're going to be really good. But that's the question mark right now. You know what I mean? The relief is better than people thought it was going to be. And it's exciting and it's fun right now. Also, the Yankees thing, I'm going to be talking about that a lot, where Stanton got booed uh, that one day. Like, it was opening day. It was a bad weather, and then he hit a home run the next day. It was a, I think it was a two-run home run. The next day, they all hit the next day. But, you know, the MLB, it's always fun right when it starts because nobody knows what's really going on and it's kind of just like fun. And then everybody settles into the season in around June and then, you know, we see what happens from there. But we're excited. Mark's very excited. Piece of twang. He's super excited about all of it. Also, Villanova won the tournament. Um, my lovely wife Brenda and I won the brackets at her job that we filled out together for a while. And, of course, it, my, the thing was broken, but I also, the last game I picked, I wanted Virginia to go deep, and then, uh, what's it called? The It came down to Michigan and Virginia, and I picked Virginia over, so it was supposed to be on my bracket, Virginia versus Villanova, Villanova winning, instead of, I had Michigan against Virginia before that. So, I don't know, but we won, I guess, because we were the closest. We had the closest thing. And everyone's bugging about this, uh, what's his name, the player of the game, the Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, what's it called? Because he had these Meek Mill tweets <laughs> where he says, uh, I guess he said some things, the verses where, of course, the N-word's in it. And you should know better. I've never done anything like that. And I was listening to rap. I'm fucking old as shit. I'm a, when it comes to rap, I'm a fucking, I'm like, you know, I'm a flying carpet, but I'm just hovering now. That's like I'm spent, you know? But at the same time, like, you know, just, just blank it out or something. But he put tweets of Meek Mill versus and everyone went crazy. What the fuck are you going to do? I don't know. He seemed like a good kid. They just tore him down. It was clickbait as usual. The other thing that's crazy that's going on is that Canelo versus Triple G, I've been talking about it week to week, it's officially canceled, Canelo withdrew, they're probably going to hype it more, and it's going to be bigger in uh, the Mexican Independence Day in September, and they're going to do massive VADA drug tests, and it's going to be whatever, Triple G has the date solidified, but... It's not, he doesn't have anybody to fight. I'm seeing right now Sergey Derevijanko, who I've spoken about on this podcast a couple times, as well as, I, what's his name? Charlo, my boy, Jamal Charlo. He uh, wants to fight him too, and Billy Joe Saunders is right there. I mean, this is the thing, is like Triple G could step in a landmine anyway. Hey, train for Canelo. I don't know. Any of these guys, I'd love to see any of these cats for Triple G for May 5th. And just to take it on short notice, these are mega fights if you follow boxing. And it would be awesome if he takes any of those cats. Charlo, Derezhnev, Demetrius Andrade, Billy Joe Saunders. It's crazy. But last weekend we saw a couple things which were cool. The uh, Anthony Joshua versus Joseph Parker. But the undercard on that, which didn't play on the thing in the the U.S. broadcast, where it was Pavekin versus David Price. And uh, Price looked 
pretty good. And then uh, at one point, he <laughs> there's made a meme of this where Price, he caught one on Pavekin. I think it was a right. And Pavekin just like moved back like and like slowly stumbled back into the, you know, the, t- the tight, the rope in the middle of the ring, the, the turnbuckle or whatever. It's a wrestling term. I don't even know if it's the same in boxing. But he, like, stumbled back. And it was funny. They made a meme of that from the Bobby Shmurda fucking song where Bobby was, like, rolling back doing the dance. Check that out if you haven't seen it. It's hilarious. But, yeah, Price looked really good early. And then Pavekin just hit him with one that got him. And then one put him down. Done. <clears throat> but I think that makes him, uh, he has five losses. He's a soldier. He's a journeyman. What are you going to do? Uh, at the same time, people hate on guys like that, but it takes so much to even be that uh, you can't hate. But Bavekin's in this heavyweight mix like a motherfucker now, talking about Dillian White versus him because he fought on this undercard where it was AJ and now Eddie Hearn, you know, is uh, Dillian's fucking promoter. So that 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 could happen easily. But the uh, AJ versus Joe Parker fight, I thought everyone thought it was so boring, but I thought it was good for a heavyweight fight. Everyone's like, oh, they should bang more, but you know. I liked it. I thought it was good. It, it served its purpose, definitely. Watched it with my whole family. They had a good time. We love these UK fights because everybody's awake at 6 p.m. in the evening. That's cool when they come through like that. And everyone loves a heavyweight division. It's a glamour division. Speaking of that, our boy Deontay Wilder has been all over the place talking shit. And he had the Breakfast Club interview. Anybody check that out? He was on there. It was over. It was an hour interview. Interesting, and of course, Big Baby commented, Tyson Fury commented, David Hay, everybody's up in there. The thing that's cool about May 5th, we'll see if Triple G actually fights one of these guys or if it even happens. But the same thing as uh, the Tony Bellew and David Hay thing is happening that day in the UK, so that'll be cool. Hopefully Showtime will play that or something like that. <clears throat> we'll see what happens. But this weekend we got uh, on Showtime again, we got the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jared Hurd, 154-pound champion, I believe, versus Arisandi Lara, who lost to Canelo. And he's a... Oh, Caleb Truex and James DeGaulle, just, they're on this, too. And Julian Williams. Oh, shit. The other day on this uh, Boxing Society schedule, this wasn't up there. This is a good card. Oh, three good fights. I'll be watching this motherfucker. So Saturday night on Showtime, we getting it in. And then, uh, yeah, April 7th. And then, you know, after that, there's a bunch of shit going on. But before I go overboard here, the album I wanted to talk to you guys about was the, uh, it's a recent album that just dropped, was the MF Doom and Zarface album, the collaboration. It's really fucking dope, honestly. And the cover art and all the art for it is even fucking crazier. It's dope. It's a, like, I would say still I like out of all, I love all these Zarface albums, of course all the MF Doom albums, and I've bought all of the two artists, and the 7 LNS Notaric, and the Inspector Deck solo albums, and the Wu-Tang albums, all of it, copped all that shit, and the album's fucking dope, there's a lot of like, some of the beats are like synth, every joint on it has hard drums, some of the shit, some of the beats has more like synth sounds and changing a lot, which I'm not as into, but... It doesn't really matter as much to me because I love the spitting and I love what songs are. I like a lot of like crazy shit people think would be horrible. 
But that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. Let me not get that off track. This MF Doom and Zarface collab album is fucking crazy. Nautical Depth is one of the records. Bomb Throne, which is like an animated like stop motion video with the toys. And uh, I think it's Esso's son and Doom's son are in there. It's brilliant and amazing. It's really dope. But the one I like the most is that... Uh, it's a Spider-Man. I don't remember if it's from the 60s or the 80s. I don't remember which interpretation, but it's right there. I think that's the first actual rapping song, and Dex on it. Oh, what's his name? S.O. and Doom. They all kill it. There's one shit called Captain Crunch and then Captain Brunch I like. Uh, the one that's later in the album, I think it's Captain Brunch. I like that one. The, it's a remix or whatever. I like that one more. The album altogether is amazing, and the video's fucking brilliant. So check it out, MF Doom and Zarface. Um, I never would have believed back in the day. You know, salute to this. When I was like 18, 19, copping these dudes' albums and vinyls, and going back and forth with cats like uh, Twang, my brother, and he was young then. He was like 16, 17. And Butters, and even like Bello, my boy Kenny, a lot of cats. Going back and forth with these records Arsonist, MF Doom, then there was like 7 LNS Esoteric, Enigma was in the mix shortly after that. You know, all those things. We were trading vinyls and albums and everything. I never would have thought there'd be like an album that's MF Doom, Inspect the Deck, and Seminole and Esoteric together. It's like, and I remember on Soul Purpose, I think it was on the other one, Speaking Real Words, before that, where uh, Inspect the Deck had done a record with Seminole and Esoteric. And Doom was on Zarface 2. Which is, I think that one's the one I like the most. And the Lizard Island one's amazing, too. Where Esoteric had this bar that's so goddamn hard, it just sticks out to me, where he's like... He's like, I'm Ray Harry, Harold Housen in the parking lot. I think last year when they performed at... Um, I think I talked about it on here. It would have been almost a year ago they performed at the uh, Webster Hall Underground. <clears throat> and I seen them perform and rock out. It was fucking dope. Shout out to Zarface and MF Doom. The album's great. Check it out if you get a chance. But uh, the book I finished that I wanted to talk to you all about on the uh, finishing note here is Ray Bradbury, The Martian Chronicles, which is another anthology story from Ray and another anthology in general. I was talking about recently the um, Harlan Ellison anthology I finished. Ellis in Wonderland. Now... I'm really bugging on these anthologies because, to be honest with you, when I was younger, when I was like uh, 19, 18, 19, I started to read again, read fiction again. I was getting into reading again through anthologies like the H.P. Lovecrafts and Robert E. Howards and Ray Bradbury and Harlan Ellison and then the noir like um, Dashiell Hammett and uh, Raymond Chandler and all these kind of cats. The short stories. The thing is, short stories, it's always like a Twilight Zone episode. You have to just, like, it's hard to make people care about the characters. You have to kind of just do it like it's a punchline. It's almost like stand-up comedy or rapping. It's more akin to that than actual writing novels or writing comic book long-form series or even what they call a graphic novel, doing the punchline.
pussy ass air quotes cut my goddamn fucking Hellraiser. I should open the puzzle box with those fucking things and get my hands cut off right now. But <clears throat> the point is this. This Ray Bradbury shit is very well written. It's his poetic writing style that's always good and imaginative and it makes you visualize everything he's writing. But I did find this slightly boring. I really never actually like shit on anything and I don't want to shit on this and I'm not shitting on it. It's all about colonizing Mars and like, you know, I, this is a question I've been thinking about lately. Like you go to uh, the United States, England, and you visit maybe Africa or visit Mexico and, you know, think about Spain and it's like colonization at this point in 2018 is viewed pretty negatively throughout the world, I'd say. So my question is this now, like if colonization is bad, are we going to like, once we have the capabilities technologically, are we going to go and now colonize other planets? Like, like someone would say, will we colonize Mars? Well, if there's no life there, then will we even be colonizing or we'd be starting something totally new anyway on just a rock? Not necessarily. What if there's plant life there? On a side note, if there's plant life there, I can't wait to find it, roll it in a goddamn Dutch master, light the motherfucker up and see what happens, you know? But if there is plant life there, someone's going to be offended by anything like that. We've, I don't know. Some people would argue that colonization throughout that was good, maybe because it created the modern world and the you know fucking Western civilization. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this. This is too deep for me. But this book, The Martian Chronicles, is an anthology where it's a bunch of different short stories, but all connected together, and it's pretty much about colonizing Mars. And I believe this uh, was first published in 1950. Yeah, 1948. Copyright 1948. His published first version came out in 48 or 50, which is crazy to think about it. And what he talks about, when you read these things, because, you know, we have more technology now or we know more about supposedly the Earth and the planets. Who knows if any of it's right. But, well, you know, I just don't know what to make of Mars. Like, we, we could easily get there right now if we invested a lot of money in that instead of other things. But I won't even go there because that's out of control. I'm going to sign off with y'all right now. I'll talk to y'all next week. Peace. Love. Check out Ray Bradbury, Martian Chronicles. Check out that MF Doom and Zarface shit. It's a great album. Peace, y'all.